Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello everyone, welcome back to Oz Business. We kick off the afternoon live from our Barangaroo studios with the call. 10 stocks picked by you. I put it to our put them to our expert panel for their adjudication. We do it all in one hour on this Tuesday, the 30th of August. Let's get straight into it. We've got a lot to get through today. David Novak from Wealthwise Education joins us. David, good to see you again. Great to be here. Uh, Michael Gable from Fairmont Equities. Michael, good to have you aboard as usual. Um, uh, Let's kick off. Just thoughts on reporting season, earnings season? Good, um, bad, yeah, indifferent. It's been pretty. It's, it's been. There's been a couple of surprises here and there, but yep. overall, I think it's been pretty good, actually. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, um, no, no big surprises that I've seen. So yeah. you know, pretty much in line with guidance. Yeah, Michael, what about you? Yeah, not too bad. I mean, there was a fear that um, as as economy started to slow down, we might start to to see that in the results, and they weren't too bad. And I think the last few days just shows the market's more worried about interest rates than. Um, than company earnings, um, you know, we know there's supply issue problems, we know there's inflation, it's, it's tough to, to find labour, we know all these things and now the market's just concentrating on, on what interest rates might do for, for the rest of the year. Well, Jerome Powell certainly focused us, didn't he, on the weekend after Jackson Hole, basically saying, no, nope, no cuts in rates till 2024, I still get spooked at 2024 because the Reserve Bank was playing that card this time last year. But anyhow, um, mm. um, so he was quite decisive in his view, was it? Yeah, he spooked he, the market. He sort of plays good cop, bad cop, but but just the one guy's doing it. So right. it's, you know, one at one moment he's, he's he's sort of revealing that things might be okay, and then he he needs to come back to the the podium and and you know slap us all down and say don't get too excited. Right. Um, there's going to be a few more interest rate rises. So. Um, yeah, that's just, again, that's just the dominating factor at the moment. And I think until it becomes clearer how many rate rises we have ahead of us, the market will just continue doing what it's doing. So I think for the next few months, we're going to have these fits and starts where you get a bit of a sell-off and then something will, right. you know, might reveal itself to suggest rates won't go up so much and the market rallies again yeah. and then it gets slapped back down. So up until that point a few months from now where they could say, all right, we've got to this point now we're ready to pause and observe then you know then we can be ready for a sustainable move David, Mm. what's your view yeah look it's coming back to that big r word isn't it you know fear of recession slow growth i mean that's on the cards look at europe uh you know they got they got an energy crisis there they'll be heading into winter um you know the biggest factor is oil of course you know um energy prices coal i mean that's hitting the consumer um as as well as like i said high interest rates and fear of um yeah, wage outbreak. So we've got the US labor data out this this uh, Friday. So everyone's going to be watching that. So it's all going to be data dependent, of course. But uh, yeah. I think it's more living in hope <laughs> than anything else. There's a lot of caution, although retail sales were up here, you know, yes. and that was surprisingly really strong. strong. 
So, uh, you know, there's still a bit of spending out there, but um, for how long, who knows? But I, I think it's caution going right. forward. I'm more worried about China, to tell you the truth. That's, to mm -hmm. me, that's the big elephant in the room. I think uh, with their lockdown, their COVID zero policy, and the impact that's having on their economy yeah. and slow down their property market. And, you know, we're so dependent on China. Yeah. Um, then you've got the Taiwan situation. I mean, we could go on and on. Yeah. So there's things out there that, you know, there's firecrackers going on that, uh, that are sort of, you know, just got to be careful of and don't get burnt <laughs> along the right, way. Right, right. So, so you, you are big in cash. Yes. And still big in cash? Oh, yes. Much, right. I mean, you know, I've been playing the options market. I'm a derivatives right. trader, so I play the market up and down. But I'm very cautious and, I've, right. you know, yes. I'm, so another big leg down, do you think? Well, you know, it's you look at the charts and they're not looking, you know, bullish, that's for sure right now. And given the factors that we're talking about. Mm. Um, but again, I'm very cautious on China. That's my biggest concern right. going forward. Okay. All right, let's get into uh, the stocks now in this um, first half hour. A2 Milk, Booktopia, Insignia Financial, Oz Minerals and Pexa Group. There's a diverse bunch of stocks, isn't it? Um, stock of the day, again, I'm going to be a, a bit greedy for the, uh, for the second day, try to fit in uh, a view from the guys on two companies that reported um, today and, and uh, yesterday, Bubs and Woodside. First up, Bubs. Uh, solid earnings growth, business recorded EBITDA of $4.8 million, gross revenue increased 123%, record revenue coming out of China. Uh, Bub's Executive Chairman Dennis Lin says the focus going forward into FY23 is margin accretion and earnings growth. Um, what, do you, what do you think of the Bub's result and the share price? Of course, they got the tailwinds of selling infant formula into the US as well. Yeah, look, um, I'm not terribly excited about the numbers. You know, I no. mean, you know, there is the growth prospects with the expansion in the US, of course, and yeah. acceptance of their, their products. Um, but the numbers itself, and then on a multiple, it's very expensive. I mean, there was a net loss of uh, 7.8 million. Yeah. So when you look at, uh, you know, market cap of 400 on million, I mean, you know, they haven't made any money since they day they started so you know to me just on a valuation perspective and plus on the chart when I look at the the chart itself it's not inspiring it had that big move up yep, yep. at the end up, uh, after uh, Joe Biden gave them the tick of approval exactly early <laughs> June but it's pulled back since then and it's looking very tepid to me so I would right. I would not be buying bubs I wouldn't be rushing to buy it right now I'd like to yep. see you know how the next six to twelve months go but right. um, you know revenue growth was strong that was up but again, coming to the bottom line, um, I, I just need to see some you know, improvement there. Yeah, as they were saying in the announcement, they, they need better margins and that's going to be yeah. the focus to get into profit. Mm. Michael, what do you reckon? Um, I've got the same thoughts. I mean, at the moment, yeah, they're still, they're still not making money. They haven't been making money for a while and it looks like everything pretty much hinges on what happens there in, in the US if they can expand in the US if they can take market share there's a lot of there's a lot of ifs it's not as though we've got a business here that's doing really well turning a profit and the US is a nice add-on it just seems as though everything's everything's gonna come down to whether they can make that work otherwise they're just back into to loss-making territory again so um, still a lot of uncertainty there and and as we could see in terms of share price reaction you know, Long-term, big downtrend in bubs. The, the news in terms of the, the US move in May saw a spike in the share price. 
you'd want that to continue on. You'd want to see continued buying mm. based on that. But, but what we're seeing here is a lot of sideways churn, which could just be uh, people taking advantage of the good news and selling into it. And as, even as we saw yeah. with the recent result, um, you know, on paper, record revenues, et cetera, et cetera, good news, but the share price still had a, a cap on it. So right. to me, I'm still seeing a lot of, uh, a lot of selling into, into good news. And I think, as, as David said, we need another six to 12 months of, you know, well, show us what you can actually do over yep. there and prove it first. Yep. All right, um, the other stock of the day, Woodside, uh, half year operating revenue, 5.8 billion, up 132%, of course, they um, recently acquired all BHP's um, uh, oil business. Um, um, underlying NPAT, 414% increase, $1.8 billion. Uh, business announced a huge jump in its dividend to $1.09 US a share. Um, uh, what did you think, um, Michael, of, of Woodside? Yeah, great result. Obviously, it's, um, it's hard to compare on prior years because of what's happened with BHP. Right, yeah. But um, look, at the moment, it's all about uh, the price of oil, um, the direction of, of that price and the energy markets. And we're in a sweet spot at the moment for these businesses. Um, yeah, look, I mean, whether you're holding Woodside, Santos, uh, Wally Parsons, I think they're all going to move higher from here. So it's right. not just the war in the Ukraine. It's the problems we have are on the back of, you know, 10 years of underdevelopment in fossil fuels, um, you know, whether you agree with that or not, the fact is, we've been um, we've been caught short. Uh, there's there's a lot of demand out there with not much supply, and it's it's only going to get worse. So, look, the short of it is, I'd be happy to buy Woodside here. We actually, you know, after trading it earlier in the year on that bounce, we got back into Woodside only a couple of weeks ago for our clients. So, you know, quite bullish the sector. I think there's there's a lot more to play out and okay. and yeah, look, great result still, and uh, you know, great divvy and, and all that that comes mm -hmm. with it. David, yeah, look, I'm very much in the same view, same camp. It's a buy. Um, I mean, just look at the revenue growth here and the average yep. oil price they accomplished was about ninety six dollars forty yep. US a barrel. I mean, dollar nine US dividend as well, interim dividend. I mean, you know, that's. There's nothing not to like about this, and, and you're looking at the chart as well. If you look at the trend of crude right now, it's it's heading back up again. Right. Um, and that's a worry for inflation. Yeah. Um, but also there's some problems, I think, in Libya recently that's also creating a bit right. of shortage as well. So, you know, there's there's a lot of factors here to like about, um, you know, the, the, the growth in the LNG was only marginal, but um, oil is the main, hmm. you know, driver, and, you know, there's nothing to dislike about Woodside, it's really... Is, it, uh, is that your preferred stock in the sector? Ah, oh, it has uh, to be. Ha sector. It has to be. It's one of the top 10 producers in the world now, yep. Woodside. Uh, Santos was my other one. Right. Uh, I was really surprised after that bumper result, the actual share price went down yeah. for a day or, t and, or two, and then now it's shot back up. And I thought, yep. well, I don't know what people are looking at here. It's, you right. know, so it's back to near $8. So Santos would be the other one. Uh, but look, they're both standouts, and then yep. you know, if you go down the pecking order, you'd look at Karoom, for example, yeah. Beach. You know, they're all any any of those stocks in the energy sector. Yeah, uh, Karoom came up yesterday with yeah. Gorab and Mathan. They both had a buy on it. And, yeah, so um, it's hard not to you know go be bullish on this sector with the 
with the way crude is trending. Right. And there's, it's very bullish at the moment. So. And, what, and with what you were saying a bit earlier about um, energy costs in the Northern Hemisphere and it's summer, summer there, when yeah. winter comes, <laughs> you well, layer that onto it. That's exactly, you know. So, and, and there's not a lot of new investment going into fossil no. fuels as well. No. So you look at coal as well, look at the coal price. I mean, that's being driven higher as well because of the Ukraine-Russia yeah. uh, situation as well. So it's going to be tough for Europe, I think, going yeah. into winter, that's for In sure. Interestingly, but by the sound of it, be a bit selective, Terracom came up yesterday on the call as well as Karoon. So yeah. everyone wants uh, a view on energy stocks at the moment and, yeah. and Gaurav and Nathan both really bullish on, on coal and have been for a long time, mm. but saying take profits on Terracom because mm. it's not as good a thermal coal producer as um, New Hope, New Hope and, and Whitehaven. Whitehaven, yeah. So, because yeah. Terracom's had a big run up there, saying so take profits on that and switch into yeah. Whitehaven and, and New Hope. Coronado looks good value oh, yeah. to me yeah, out yeah. Of, in those in that uh, sector. Is that thermal or metallurgical? Um, no. Bit of both, but right. my, but uh, they're, they're generating really strong cash flow. Mm, okay. So Coronado, yeah. Coronado, I think if you're looking for a bit more value, right. Um, that looks pretty good yeah, in that okay. sector. Interesting. Um, all right, let's get into the uh, stocks you want us to take a look at. And um, one of the reasons I put Bubs in as stock of the day because I knew A2 Milk <laughs> uh, was coming up. Selena wants a, a view on that, That Michael. The, uh, uh, the infant formula uh, shot the lights out for years as they exported to China. China cracked down on the trade wars, uh, has left A2 Milk dangling a bit. Um, mm. But they, they were saying, I think they reported yesterday, didn't they? That's and, right. And saying they've got a renewed focus on China. Yeah, and the results seemed, um, seemed better than expected. I mean, their margins are good. They've got a good sort of cash position. Yep. Um, they're, they're, they're actually insta instigating a buyback. So um, the, the share price has obviously been decimated over the last couple of years. But it, yep. it, it seems like it is... You know, potentially the business is is turning the corner. Mm -hmm. I mean, when I look at the way it's trading on the chart, it does look like it's not a falling knife anymore. There does seem to be genuine buying over the last few months to keep it around that four or five dollar region. Right. And any any sort of rallies that we've seen in the stock have been on volume. So tentatively, it looks like it's it's mm. turning the corner. I think if you're a bit more conservative, you'd want to see it get into a proper uptrend. You'd maybe want to give it another six months and see if they can execute on what they've, you know, um, right. what their plans were in yesterday's result. But I think this is an early sign that um, they're, you know, potentially turning it around. They've already got a foothold, of course, in, in, in these markets. They yeah. just need to, to turn it around. So what, what would you have? Speculative buy. Speculative buy, okay. Yeah. The, uh, we could see that bump up on the, the back of a result the last couple of days. David, what do you think about yeah, Jimmel? Well, they might be the end of their downgrades. Uh, front, it right. looks like they've turned the corner. But, however, I've got a um, well. They also announced a hundred and fifty million dollar buy share buyback. Yeah. Uh, and they've got a bit of cash in the bank, you know, eight hundred and seventeen million or thereabouts. And um, look, on the multiple, it's still expensive. I mean, when you look at their, you know, it was a great result. That, like I said, the year <coughs> net profit after tax, one hundred twenty three million New Zealand dollars. Yeah. Uh, you look at that at a share price of five dollars sixty, sixteen. 
0.5 cents earnings per share. Right. So, you know, you look at the, work out the multiples. Yep. It's not cheap. I mean, yep. look, they, they are confident about expanding into China, especially if China comes out of lockdown. So, um, you, look, you could rate it, like Michael said, a speculative buy. I'd prefer to buy it on, look at a pullback on the stock just because right. of the, the pricing. But obviously, they, they um, I really don't get the rationale of the share buyback, to tell you the truth, with the, the multiples that it's trading on. Right. I mean, to me, it's like if it's a lot cheaper, then you'd look at doing a share buyback. Right. Uh, rather than on a So high you reckon they're paying too much for their own shares? I, I think so, but personally, uh, on that multiple. But hey, so. who am I to say? I've seen, you know, I mean, it's already on 40 times earnings multiple. Right. You know, people are paying crazy numbers out there. Right. Uh, I'm, I'm a bit tight on that area. Right. I mean... I so like you're, you're saying, uh, would you, if you're in it, would you hold it? You'd probably, yeah, hold, hold it because it is tr it is now breaking up. So, right. you know, go with the momentum. Okay. And there'll be traders but behind not a this. Buy. Yeah. Yep. All right. Um, Nina, uh, David wants a view on Booktopia, the, uh, the online uh, bookseller mm. who um, disappointed, didn't they, with uh, their recent report? Yeah, look, this is a micro cap and it's, look, it's highly illiquid. Uh, I think the average uh, daily trade is like around 60,000 a day, oh, right. uh, 43 million market cap. It's not a very high multiple, again, 40 times. Look, the revenue, isn't it funny? Like revenue was 240 million and you go, wow. Uh, but if you look, the gross profit was um, uh, 65 million. But then if you get down to the net numbers, you know, it's something like uh, 6.2 million. Right. Right. So, so you know, margin is pretty thin. Very thin. Um, so they've they've made some investments as well. They also um, copped a, a bit of a ticket from the ACCC, mm. apparently for their their um, apparently with their returns policy, and that's a six million dollar fine they've got to pay over the next uh, five years. So they've um, look they've got a little bit of money in the bank from what I could see, but. Uh, uh, it's hard for me to get um, particularly excited about this one. Um, they've had some cost pressures as well, but I'm just looking at the outlook statement here. Um, what were they saying? Yeah, but look at look at the share price. I mean, it's been absolutely yeah. creamed um, from. I mean, it's got as high as three dollars. I can't believe that. Two, three bucks only a 20, year ago. And here it is, twenty nine cents, consolidating. So look, this is not not a buy. Uh, I, like to see more of an update on their numbers going forward and more return in, you know, on their margin expansion I'd like to see. Right. But um, look, there's better opportunities out there than this one. And like I said, it's a micro cap as well and it's yep. very illiquid. Yeah. So, you know, anybody buying 100,000 shares could move this quite But But see, <laughs> if you're, you're saying it's worth 43 million now, a year ago, it was worth four hundred and fifty million. That's right. So it wasn't a micro cap then, was no, it? No. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, hey, with a stock like that, if it, if you've held on to it yeah. all the way down, oh well, you know, you just that's the cardinal sin. I mean, you know, in terms of what I've learned, and I'm sure Michael will agree. Yeah, you should be in years, that position. You've got to have an exit strategy. Yeah. You've got to yeah. know when to bite the bullet and sell. Yep. That's one of the hardest things for investors. Yep. To and knowing when to sell. Yep. It's all about timing, which is what we I've been teaching for many yep. years. It's, yep. You know. Michael, Booktopia. Yeah. It. Um, yeah. Definitely not one to hold. I mean, I had a client ask me about this several weeks ago, 
and basically looked at the share price of, well, it used to be $3, now it's 30 cents. Um, you know, they're supposed to be the Amazon of Australia. Amazon's gonna take them over apparently because they've got a huge database of clients. But I noticed the same things as David when I looked at the numbers, a lot of revenue, but then a lot of costs and they end up with pretty much no profit. So yeah. those costs go up slightly. And as we could see out there, yeah, cost control is, is, is out of control at the moment. Staff, uh, energy costs, rent, all these sorts of things. So slight increase in your costs and, and your profit's gone. Yeah. Um, so, and then even looking at their guidance um, previously, it just wasn't, wasn't that, that crash hot. So yeah. even at 30 cents, it looks, still looks expensive. Um, the liquidity is an issue, of course. Uh, you, you can't get many shares. And there's also um, a bit of boardroom uh, issues at the moment. So the, the founder um, had stepped down as CEO and I think now he's trying to spill the board and right. um, replace them with other directors. So there's, there's just too many things going wrong with yep. this at the, at the moment. It's not even a contrarian play. It's still yep. just too expensive. Yeah. Well, when you look at that, that chart, you can understand why there might be a bit of boardroom tension. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a low. Under pressure, um, t- tends to bring it along. Um, Michael Rob wants to view on Insignia Financial. If you've never heard of it, it's the old IOOF rebranded, the Independent Order of Oddfellows. Um, and it's basically a, uh, an asset manager, financial advice, uh, wealth management group, and estate administration. Uh, Michael, what do you think of Insignia? Um, I think this is a tricky one because they've they've recently bought other wealth management businesses yeah. from um, you know MLC and, and ANZ. Yeah. They're trying to make that work. Um, they had their results recently, a bit better than expected. Obviously, as usual, they're trying to cut costs and uh, you know achieve synergies and you know all the usual buzzwords they they throw out. So look, they seem to be doing a good job. It seems reasonable value here. It's there's a bit of momentum in the share price. I just think it's just quite hard. I, th- I think as we've seen in the past over many years with the banks trying to make these wealth management businesses work, um, I just think they've got a difficult job ahead of them. I'd probably prefer to pick up something like this if it was quite a bit cheaper, like trading at right. quite a discount to where it should be. At the yep. moment, it looks a little bit cheap, fair value. I'd rather a bigger margin of safety there. So I'd, um, right. I'd pass at the moment. Okay. Uh, David? Yeah, very much the same. Look, it has had a, bit, a pretty good spike up here from the uh, lows in, in July. Um, and, uh, but it's, yeah, look, it, 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 I'd probably, um, I mean, if you've got it, you'd probably hold uh, at this stage. It's, it's not a buy if it pulls back. But look, it was a positive update and, you know, 59% increase in unaudited net profit after tax of 234 million. Not expensive on a multiple of, you know, 10 times. 2.3 yep. billion market cap. They've declared a 11.8 cents final uh, fully frank dividend, so it's not too shabby. Um, so look, it's a hold. Um, I, I think um, it doesn't. I'd like to see how the integration goes, for, you know, with the MLC, and uh, they've also sold another business that they received. They're expecting to sell at the end of the year AET um, for 135 million. So there might be a distribution. From that as well later in the year, uh, but overall, look, it's 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 okay. Right. Um, I just think at this stage, I'd probably um, just hold it. Yeah. Right. Okay. Because you've got 
uh, Insignia, you've got Perpetual, a few like that in the, the market, in the sector, don't you? Yeah, I mean, look, the, the share price was battered, you know, since yeah. um, at, uh, September, it looks like, or yeah, August, September last year, where it was above $5. No reason it can't get back there, right? but I think it'll take a little bit of time to get there. Okay. All right, uh, David, Brenda wants a view on Oz Minerals, the uh, uh, the resource stock mainly in uh, in copper with uh, based in South Australia. It's got a couple of projects in Australia and also in Brazil. Yeah, well, this is under takeover offer yep. uh, at the moment, um, which is a nice surprise for shareholders. Uh, $25 cash offer by BHP. Yeah. Um, and they've walked away from it. There's, you know, so... Um, BHP's a bit uh, disappointed with the reaction yeah. from the Oz Minerals board. I can understand that. I think it's a fair price myself, more than a fair price to tell you the truth, because right. they've had some cost pressures, Oz Minerals as well. Right. Now you've got to obviously have a view on copper. So yep. if you look at the copper price, um, it did pull back about 30% um, over from June, July period. It's now bounce rebounded. It's down about 20% from its highest copper, around 8,000 yep. a tonne. On that US. chart, guess when the BHP <laughs> takeover came, uh, the yeah. offer came. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. But they walked away from it and it's still holding up. Well, the problem, uh, yeah, well, the people are betting there's going to be a higher offer from someone else. Right. Um, whether that might that's... be Rio or someone, who right. knows. I doubt it personally. Uh, I think you're taking a bit of a bet on this one to hold it. Um, if I was a sh shareholder, I wish I was, at the, bought it at the lows, I'd be certainly taking the money and running from you. So you, you, you'd have it as a sell at the moment? I, that, yes, I would, right. personally. But it, I think it's... Because, look, if BHP don't up their bid and walk away from it, guess what you've got as downside? Yeah, 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 absolutely. So uh, I wouldn't be taking that risk. Okay. And I think it's more than a fair price, mm. to tell you the truth. Michael? Yeah, we were, um, we were lucky to buy it two weeks before the offer. Pure luck. Right. No, no skill involved. Thanks for telling me. Michael, you don't say that. <laughs> Come on, pump up your tyres. Oh, I'm too, too uh, modest, yeah, but we're we very lucky. We can see the potential here. That. <laughs> Thank, thanks for spreading the news. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll ring you next time. Um, but, but as soon as the offer came out, yeah, we just, we just took it off the table. Right. Um, $25 off, it's trading over $25, which is quite rare because the market's already factoring in yeah. a higher price. So... The simple sums, as David said, well, what if it work, doesn't work out? Yeah. Drop six bucks or whatever it is. Um, you hang on for a higher offer, you make another dollar maybe yeah. if you're lucky. It just the risk reward just doesn't stack up anymore. So yeah. I'd, be, I'd be selling it here. Um, yeah, Oz Minerals has a few issues, as, um, as David mentioned, maybe they'll need to raise money in the future. But um, yeah, it's not worth the risk. Just as another comment with copper, I mean, I'm quite bullish copper over the next few years, I think. Again, we've got an underinvestment in, in, the, in the copper okay. sector. And I think once we move past, you know, the next sort of few months, several months of, you know, recession, um, I think copper will, will rebound so what's your pretty well. Well, we really only have Oz, Oz Minerals and, and Sandfire. Otherwise, you, yeah. you stick with BHP. Yeah. Um, but obviously, you know, even if you're looking at um, you know, electric cars, all these sorts of things, I think, you know, renewables... There's yeah. a huge, there'll be a huge demand for, for copper I into mm. the future. So quite bullish copper, um, but Oz Minerals at $25. Yep. It's, a, it's an overrun, you take it. All right. Um, Michael, Zach wants a view on Pexa Group, the uh, 
the electronic conveyancing platform for the uh, for the real estate market listed in uh, 2010. Uh, what do you think of uh, Pexa? It, it yeah. was spun out of uh, Lincoln administration, was it? That's Did they? The I don't know. I'm right. testing my knowledge. Or was Link looking to take it over? Oh, it could have been. Yeah. Yeah. But it's uh, embarrassing. I forgot. But, hmm. um, but the reason I forgot is because I don't look at it. And the reason why I don't look at it is when you have a look at a chart, it's just gone nowhere. It's a non-trending yeah. stock. It's one of those sort of boring stocks that just doesn't doesn't seem to do anything. It just yeah. goes along do, doing its thing. I mean, obviously, we're, we're probably at a juncture now where maybe volumes might in the property market and transactional volumes might be different in the next 12 months than what they were in the last 12. I mean, the recent result a few days ago seemed in line. It seemed mm. um, yeah, pretty much okay. And the share price had a little bit of a, a jump on the day and then it's just drifted back again. So it's just a, just seems like an uninspiring right. stock to have in the portfolio. I don't yep. think it adds anything. So yeah, on yep. that basis, I wouldn't, yep. I wouldn't worry about it. David? Yeah, I'm very much the same view. I, I think it's um, you know it's only listed a couple of years ago, and mm. um, it went up to a high of about two. Was that um, was that we're at twenty dollars back in uh, early this part of this year? Yeah. Um, I don't know who was paying, really justifying that price. I mean, if you look at their earnings, I mean, sure they've got some good revenue growth, um, but again, translating that to the bottom line. You're paying a market cap of about two and a half billion on earnings of 38 million um, net after tax. So it's you know it's not cheap. They are expanding in the UK, and they're going live uh, next month with right. that. Um, but yeah, it's incredible how many transactions get um, have been done property settlements. I was just reading, I think there was something like um, 2.4 trillion dollars wow. um, of um, of settlements. So uh, actually, I just had it here just a moment ago. I was just looking at it. But you know, regardless, it just doesn't stack up for the multiples. You can see that in the share price. You know, right. it's just to me looking like uh, this could easily pull back from here. Mm. Um, okay. I, it's got no, no, um, no dividend. So, you know, to me, um, yeah, look, yeah, it's, a, it's, it's not a hold and it's a right. sell. Right, okay. Yeah. Um, a sell, all right. Um, let's recap the uh, the first five stocks plus our two stocks of the day. Woodside, a buy from both Michael and David. Uh, Bubs, a no from both. Um, A2 Milk, speculative buy from uh, from Michael, a hold from David. Booktopia, a no from both. Uh, Insignia, a no from Michael, a hold from David. Oz Minerals, Undertake over offer from uh, BHP, they've rejected, but share price is still above $25. If you're an existing shareholder, uh, both recommend selling, take the money and run. Uh, Pexa Group, a no from Michael, a sell from David. Uh, here on the call, we've been tracking our own high conviction fantasy fund as picked by our investment committee. Uh, the last episode, um, or the last investment committee meeting is uh, on the platform osviz.com to uh, watch uh, at that meeting um, in August. They uh, took profits, sold out of Ordnate, added Oz Minerals. Um, so I reckon sort of in the, the next investment committee meeting uh, in the next day or so, they'll sell that and take the profits, obviously. Uh, and they upped their stake in Woodside. So let's see how the 
fund is performing on a cumulative basis. It's up just over two and a half percent since the 1st of March. Keep sending in your requests to the call though because that's the first filter, the referral. At CMC, we've been in the game for a while and although a lot of things have changed, our mentality hasn't. We aim to give experienced traders the best trading experience, like our expert platform with its second to none trading tools, plus our pricing is completely transparent. That's why people who've been trading for a long time stay with us for a long time. So if you're serious about trading, switch to the market leader trusted for over 30 years. Trade CFDs your way at cmcmarkets.com. You don't own underlying assets, consider relevant PDS and TMD or information memorandum for CMC Pro accounts at our website. Up to the investment committee. All right, this half hour, we're going to take a look at corporate travel, John's Ling Group, uh, Phoenix, Invocare and Bitmakers. Uh, first up, Michael, uh, Ken wants a view on corporate travel, um, who also reported and showed some signs of life uh, in the last yeah. week or so. Yeah, this uh, it's interesting to see what, what this has done over the last... Um, week or so. So we had the result, it seemed to be good result, beat mm. expectations, um, cash flow is strong, no debt, um, travel markets are rebounding. So you, you have all these positives, all the analysts have higher price targets on average about 30% above where it is now. Um, obviously there's potential headwind that as we head into a bit of a recession, potentially a bit of a pullback in, in the business travel spending. Um, a lot of positives, only really one negative there. But then when you look at the way it's trading, it's really been sold down into that, that rally. So you've mm. got this classic case of the analysts say one thing, the market or the analysts and, uh, you know, and, and everyone else saying one thing about corporate travel or positive, but the, the share price doesn't go with it. So again, that from a charting point of view, that shows me that we do have a change of hands behind the scenes. So there's there's some big money behind the scenes selling into um, the positive news and, mm. and the nice rallies. So that's that's a bit of a concern. I'd, I'd highly doubt that, um, that the share price will be back uh, into the sort of low mid-20s. I think that um, the serious money that already holds the stock is concerned about right. the future and is, is exiting. So I wouldn't be buying it. So no view, David? Yeah, look, I, I would be selling this as well. It's uh, mm. straight off the bat. Uh, look, it's tough out there in the travel business. I mean, you speak to any travel agent at the moment, just um, trying to resource, uh, get resourcing in that in the industry, and um, changing bookings is a nightmare. Um, it's it's a. I, I tell you, I've, I've spoken to two people who've been in the industry for like twenty plus years, and they're saying it's the worst they've ever seen, and they're actually they're right. looking wow. at getting out. So they've got wow. a lot of challenges there. Um, but also, um, you know, their growth has been mostly in North America. Um, they have had some good numbers there, Europe even, um, Australia, New Zealand, but not Asia. Asia is, of course, because of the lockdown there. Um, but look, on, again, you know, look at the valuation of this. You know, almost 2.7 billion on 20 million profit. Yeah. I mean, pff, come on. And <laughs> I mean, why, why would did you they, Did they raise when borders closed as well? Because that's the one thing you've got to be a bit careful with these listed travel companies, don't you? When they start to come back up, um, they, um, yeah. with profits, are spread over double the shares now. Well, that's uh, right. Flight yeah. Centre and Webjet web raised yeah. and yeah. Hello World raised and all of that. Yeah, I'm sure they did. I, I, yeah. I, um, I'm sure they must have. And, you know, yeah. and the numbers, um, even before um, COVID, you know, the, st 
they're not standout growth numbers that I can see here in return right. on equity. I, look, I've got no reason to be there myself. I, I'm surprised why the 12 analysts out there, whether they'll revise their numbers down, have a price target of 20% higher than there. I, mm. I mean, I just don't don't get it. Um, yeah. It's not for me, no, not on that. Okay. Yeah, sorry. All right. Oh, don't apologize. It's a really good analysis. Um, uh, Keely wants a view, David, on John's Ling Group. This is the uh, the building company uh, with a difference mm. because they mainly do remedial work for insurance companies, yeah. don't they? Yeah. So rather than being a home builder or a renovator, yes, they do renovate, but on behalf of uh, insurers and insurance payouts. Yeah, look, they've um, you know obviously in catastrophes as mm. well, flooding floods, uh, they've they've had a bit of growth there. I mean, pretty good numbers here in terms of their, you know, revenue increased 57% to 895 million. Um, and earnings before interest tax and depreciation was up 59%, 83 million, okay? They're all great numbers, but again, coming back to when you look at and you break it down, um, you know, the, the, the on, on uh, what is it, the $1.8 billion um, company with, uh, 38 million net profit after tax, not cheap. I mean, even with this strong earnings rate, net assets of 333 million, they paid a final dividend of three cents, total year 5.7 cents. So you're not buying it for yield, yep. especially at seven bucks. Yeah. You know, um, even though they had good growth numbers here, I, I just, I'm not compelled to buy it. I'm just looking at the, um, even with even with the strong growth numbers, whether that's sustainable again is another question. But geez, it's been on a volatile right here. Look, you can see there yep. um, from that April period it was nine dollars. I mean, look at the growth from yep. even pre-COVID. It was down to like just below three dollars pre-COVID. Went up to nine, mm. and I'm, I'm thinking, I don't get it. Uh, mm. How they justify a multiple up here? It's trading at no. sixty times or something. Uh, it's a look. There's better places to play. Uh, right. I'd take the money and run on this one. So uh, you do do a sell? I'd do a sell. Look, it's this. turning down. It's just below the 50-day moving average as well. So, um, you know, look, if you bought it at $5 a couple of months ago, yep. you know, you're selling it at 7 here. That's a pretty good return yep. in a couple of months. Okay, take mm -hmm. your profits, Michael. Yeah, I agree. I mean, the numbers, the numbers were good. And in, in terms of the business, the, a positive aspect is they... You know they do have low sort of working capital and, and expenses, but these these numbers they're not they're not consistent. If you look back over the last say five years, their earnings growth has, has been all over the place. So, you know, in isolation, a nice number, but we need consistency. <coughs> and and as David mentioned, I think it's just too expensive for mm. um, for these levels. And it looks like the market is is waking up to that after the result. It has been sold down pretty sharply yeah. over the last few days on volume. Um, so it just got a bit ahead of itself and it'll probably pull back and towards it, that $5. It, it was that theme of if anyone's going to benefit from all the net, the floods and bushfires, and everything, these, these guys would because they mm. work on behalf of the insurance companies yeah. uh, to do it. But whether that time is passing and the so. majority of the remedial work's been done now. Mm. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, Andrianto wants to view Michael on FedEx, the uh, 
the mining company, basically in iron ore with the Iron Ridge project in WA, and a bit of base metals, precious metals there as well mm. in the portfolio. Yeah, it's, um, it's not a large business. It looks like it's got a market cap of about 180. Um, result yesterday, they're, you know, for a small company, they're actually making a profit, they're paying yeah. a dividend. Um, looks to be going okay. Look, it's not one I've, I've followed closely. I mean, I know David's close to the sector. Be interested to hear what he says. But mm. I mean, the result looked okay. The way it's trading is quite bullish. I mean, that gap up yesterday and it seems to be holding in right. um, looks very good. So, you know, just based on that and, uh, and the basic metrics I've seen, I'd say it is a buy right. at, at current levels. Okay. Yeah. Done. Yeah. I, I, look, I was, this is my biggest shareholding. I bought this last year, twenty two cents. Right. Okay. Um, and I couldn't believe when I see I follow cash flow statements, and also mind you, the iron ore price was right. a lot higher. So this is a high premium iron ore producer in Western Australia. They've got to truck it a long distance, five hundred right. kilometres to the port, and they've got one of the one of four port storage facilities they bought for a million dollars. That's now replacement value of twenty million. Wow. Um, like uh, Michael was saying, it's got a market cap around 180 million um, today. Um, plus, you can see when I bought it last year, um, or actually 20, um, 2020, um, I've had it's now. This is the sec. This is their maiden full year profit. Right. 50 million, 51 million, just under uh, net profit after tax for the first year and 180 million market cap. 102 million in the bank. Right. This wow. has been a cash cow. Plus. Wow they've hedged a third of their production for the next year right. at $100 much higher than where the iron ore price is. Okay. So you know that they're going to produce about 400,000 tonnes of, of well, 1.3 million tonnes is their full year production, yep. but 400,000 of that is hedged So at, 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 with a locked in profit of $100 per tonne. So you work out the maths, it's, yep. you know, they're, yep. they're guaranteed to generate that positive cash flow. Now, two dividends in the last 12 months of five and a quarter cents. Right. So I bought it at 22. I'm getting a 48% fully frank dividend yield. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and even at these levels. Well, even at these levels, it's gonna just take out 29 million to pay for the div. They're still gonna have 70 million cash left. Right. Plus cash flow for the next year. Right. Uh, of course, if the iron ore price goes back up, it's around $105 US right, right now. Right. They're still making good money because they're, they're um, uh, um, cash on, on board is like $62. Because right. they also took over the road haulage business, they had a 50% share. So that's reduced their cost by $10 per tonne. Right. I've heard somebody say, oh, they overpaid for that. Excuse me, if you do the maths, $10 times a, uh, uh, you know, 1.3 million, that's $13 million savings yep. Yep. every year. Yeah. So it's a big saving on the cost. Right. So, you know, their costs have come down. Now, they are looking at other growth sectors as well. So, because they've got a bit of cash here. But when I've heard people say this is speculative, I mean, I don't know what school they come from, but for mine, <laughs> it's like if you're making money and you're paying dividends, yep. um, okay, you've got to look at the commodity. Obviously, you're speculating and you watch that closely. And iron ores come off. And yes, there is concern, like I was saying, about China. But they are looking at other growth opportunities. They might tomorrow do a joint venture with a lithium producer or lithium mine. Yeah. And guess what? The share price will rocket. Yeah. They'll go, oh, wow, they're in the lithium out, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But they've got money. Yeah. What small cap out there with 180 million has got 102 million in the bank? Yeah. Yeah. It's ridiculous when I hear people saying this is speculative. So at 36 cents? 
It's a, Still well, it's good a buy. buy. It's yep. a, you know, I mean, you know, with the hedging that they've got in place, yep. Um, what they're going to do with this spare cash? Okay, we'll wait and see. But John Wellborn is the chairman. Um, Rob uh, Briley, who was the CEO, leaving at the end of September. He's done an excellent job. Right. Um, so you know, and but John Wellborn, he's pretty aggressive executive chairman on the board, and and well looking, regarded. Yeah, I mean, ex. Uh, he, Rugby Wallabies player. Oh, so oh, he's on one. the board of right. um, okay. uh, the Australian Rugby. Right. Okay. Um, so, you know, it's obviously got a following from that point of view. <laughs> but sure. but he seems to be, you know, quite uh, on the ball, aggressive in terms of where they're looking for new growth opportunities. Okay. So, you know. all right, Phoenix Resources. Uh, there he, there you go, Adrianto. Um, uh, thumbs up from uh, both Michael and David on Phoenix Resources. Uh, David will want to view on InvoCare, the big uh, funeral cemetery crematorium operator, um, mm. uh, the largest in Australia. They own White Lady, uh, White Lady Funerals, Simplicity Funerals, um, as uh, a few of the, the leading brands. And they reported yesterday, and yeah. they they've invested. So I find these businesses, not that I'm getting old and thinking about dying, but it's interesting how they're getting value because previously they were making all the funeral homes yeah. um, have liquor licenses, so you could have the weight there and that improved margins. Oh. And now I notice, and and then the last result was pet cremations, apparently has gone through the roof. Oh, it's huge. Um, and now they bought a business that can solidify your loved one's ashes into paving stones. <laughs> They're quite entrepreneurial for a business that you think would be would be quite dour. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Imagine walking over your grandfather or something like that with the paving stones. Anyhow. Yeah. Well, it is a dying business. Isn't yeah. It? Yeah. That's. <laughs> but you know, look, they they did report a net loss. Um, again, again, I look at this and compare it to other places you can invest and. And, know, and that's the issue, is it? You've only got twenty or thirty stocks in your portfolio, yeah. so that's yeah. uh, my. But there are plenty of good businesses, but are they the best one for your portfolio? Well, they've had single-digit return on equity. I mean, it's not been. It's been very lumpy. The earnings growth, obviously, yeah. COVID. There's yeah, increase in death. But like yeah. you said, in pets, like fifty thousand pet yeah. uh, cremations in the half. Quite, year. quite good up, margins, apparently. Up twenty percent. Un yeah. Unreal. Yeah. Um, so, but even though, regardless of those numbers, I mean, the, the multiple it's trading on is unbelievable. So, right. sorry, not yeah, after I just gave you an example of the previous one. Yeah. You know, where am I going to get the biggest bang for my buck, really? Right. Yeah. Uh, it's not, not going to be in the here. funeral business, and it's one percent dividend yield. Hardly something yep. to jump up and down about. Right. Compared okay. to forty-eight percent. Yep. Mm. Michael. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's as you could see on on the on the screen, I mean, at best, you've made no money in the last few years from from the share price, or you've probably lost money. They just, yeah, they just don't um, they don't grow enough. Last last six months were were okay because of in terms of their earnings, because there were excess deaths, unfortunately, because of COVID. But you know, longer term, you know, there is a, a fairly standard death rate. They can only grow so much. It is a competitive business. Um, this is why they're trying to. Yeah, 
by this this company that you mentioned, and I was reading yeah. I was reading the article this morning. <laughs> they could turn it into um, river stones, stones and, and um, yeah, yeah. or even jewelry pieces. You yeah. could wear the. Yep. Um, uh, yeah, where, um, where you, you know, if it works, that's great. But mm. these are very marginal increases yep. that they could make. They, they only paid a million dollars, didn't they, for the company doing it? Yeah, or, or one and a half so, or yeah. something. And, so it's not um, big bucks. Yeah, exactly. And, and and it is a competitive business. Cost pressures, so your staffing, your your yeah. rent, everything else. Yeah. Um, just too hard basket. It's not, not worthwhile yeah. investing in it. Yeah. So you don't see it as an opening play because in this business, had a terrible two years under COVID, hasn't mm. it? Because actual numbers of deaths are well down, aren't they? Because there've been no car accidents, yeah. very few car accidents because we haven't been allowed to go anywhere. Um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, and, you, and you're right, and that that really affected them. And I think Invocare was one of those stocks we might have been talking about 18 months ago as a reopening trade if you didn't yep. want to buy a travel stock you buy invocare because people yep. start dying again but but we've but it's sort of back to normal now so it's that's it the okay. the small trading opportunity you know that window's closed and it's just sure. back to being a boring business okay all right uh, thomas wants to view uh, michael on bet makers now even though they you, you would immediately think it's a betting company it is a betting company but it's basically the tech behind wagering is mm. uh, that these guys provide not the the actual wagering business it's the uh, software as a service for for wagering companies to use and run themselves yeah that's that's right and um unfortunately this is a business that look they they just made a positive um earnings contribution in their last result yep. but it's it's not a it's not a highly profitable business and if you're trying to value it on tech multiples, then um, I think it, I think it could still be under pressure. So we've we've got a business here that's in a big downtrend, a dollar sixty down to sort of thirty something cents, forty cents, yeah. and after the result, okay, they made a couple of million bucks or whatever it was, but the market's still just hitting the sell button and not not too excited about it. So it, it just tells you that um, again, whether you like what they do or not. This business, there's no appetite for this type of business in in this current environment. Right. Um, you know, go out and buy some Woodside shares instead. I just think that. Right. But all wagering businesses. I, um, yeah. Look, I mean, I. I well, what have you got? I've been point, on the points bet, haven't you? You. Yeah. I suppose. You know, if you want to go to the big end of town, you've got Aristocrat. You've got now the Lottery Corporation. Mm. The old. Um, gaming business that, that Tabcorp spun out. Yeah, and there's, I think there's another one. Is it Bluebet? Um, yep, I Blue think that's Bet. the one I've been on this show a couple of times yeah. and someone's asked about Bluebet. Yeah. Um, to me, they just seem very similar. It's very competitive. Yeah. Um, they're all trying to crack into the US and, and do, you know, yeah. um, grow, the, grow their earnings that way. Just too, too hard basket in terms, uh, yeah. as far as I'm concerned. I mean, look, I, I don't use these online betting apps, but... I just see all the annoying ads on TV, but to me, it just all looks the same. Yeah. Um, it's whoever could offer the the next sort of fancy feature that you just jump ship from that one to that one, I guess. But um, you mentioned Aristocrat. I do yeah. like Aristocrat. That's right. that's a completely different different yeah. business. Just solid earnings growth over many years. Um, still doing really well. I think current levels look very attractive for Aristocrat. Right. But outside of that, I wouldn't invest in any of the others. Okay. David? Yeah, no, very much the same on this one. I mean, again, I look at uh, the cash flow generation of a business, okay? 
So let me just give you some numbers here. So, you know, the, they had 85 odd million in the bank, 85.6 million. Now, this is cash flow, net cash from operating activities. In fact, the payment to employees and suppliers was more than the net customer receipts. So they yeah. ended up with a negative at 18 million negative ah. cash flow, which was up from 2 million negative cash flow a year ago. Ah. Right? So that's okay. a massive jump of something like 800%. Then uh, purchases for businesses, when you take that into account, property, plant, equipment, um, net cash from investing activities was 22 million. Um, then you look at, um, they had proceeds from issue of shares, they've raised more money, 8.8 .8 million. But overall they lost, the, the, the cash flow went down 33 million for right. the year. So they're down to 80, 87 million actually. Right. So, you know, um, if they keep running at that rate, they're gonna raise more capital. Yep, yeah. Um, there are, you know. But see, people would say, this is a sector that does well in a recession. <laughs> Betting <laughs> and wagering, is yeah. it? But well, as yeah. Michael said, there are so many of them at the moment. Yeah, but I'd like to see it translate to the bottom line in right. cash flow. Right, yeah. I mean, isn't that what it's about, investing's about? Yeah. You want positive cash flow that you can then pay out to investors, and you know, yep. like like Phoenix is doing. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's what we're looking, I don't know, I'm, that's the model I was I grew up with. Um, but this this one is very much the same as when everybody was riding the afterpay wave, you know, buy now, pay later. Yeah. It's never made a profit zip, you yep. know? Yeah. I mean, Okay, you can buy the story. Yep. But to me, it's like, okay, well, when's this business going to make money? Yep. To pay, I mean, so it, it on the chart, it's just terrible. It's just that, you know, it's yep. a negative trend. Um, Do you have a similar view on aristocrat? No, aristocrat. In a no, no, aristocrat, I dip completely opposite, like, uh, like Michael, I'd say. Aristocrats are good business. Um, yep. They're actually making money. They're paying a dividend, not a great dividend, but they're generating good returns. And so they've had a good track record, haven't they? A great track record. So it's a great business, aristocrat. Right. Um, but bet makers and um, you know points bet and those ones. Yeah. I mean, you look at the marketing costs and points bet. It's yeah. Just yeah. Astronomical. Yeah. Now, at some point, look, they might turn around, and then you'll see really positive cash flow being generated. Yeah. I'll be interested. Right. Okay. But at this stage of the cycle, uh, no. Okay. All right. Let's recap the uh, the final five stocks of the day. Uh, corporate travel, a, uh, a no from Michael and a sell from David. Uh, Johnsling, a, um, a sell from both of them. Uh, Phoenix Resources, a buy from both. Uh, Invocare, a no, and also Bitmakers, a no from both as well. David Novak from Worldwise Education. Always great to have you on board. Pleasure. Thank you for that. Likewise, Michael Gable from Fairmont Securities. Thank Good you. See you, mate. Thank you. Um, now, if you'd like us to uh, to analyse any of your stocks, put them in an email to me, uh, the call at uh, osbiz.com.au or tweet us using the at TV handle and I'll put them to the expert panel uh, as we do each day here on the call. And a reminder, you can see all the stocks in the calls portfolio, head to osbiz.co forward slash portfolio. That's it for us for today. Um, don't go away because the small caps is coming up with Nadine and a lot more happening on Osbiz throughout the afternoon. Enjoy the rest of your day. See you same time tomorrow for another edition of the call. Thank you.